Good afternoon everybody and welcome to Transcending Together with Julianne and Lee. Good afternoon everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you those of you who have stayed on from the previous show and welcome to Transcending Together if you've just joined us. I'm Julianne. Hi and I'm Lee. Julianne and Lee are here to take you through another episode of Transcending Together. Last week we had a bit of a, Lee and I have decided to call it a spitballing session, where we just think about all the things that are going on at the time. So it could cover a variety of topics, I'm not sure how many of them we will get to. There were so many things that we could have talked about and it seemed like maybe it would be more effective just to have a little chat about some of them. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's a wonderful idea because there's like so much happening at the moment, isn't there? Yeah. It's like, what do we talk about every week? What things are going to be interesting to our listeners? So uh, hopefully we can come up with a great show again today. Yeah, that implies that the previous show was great. I hope it was great. (laughs) Of course, we never hear from you listeners, so I've got no idea whether it is great or not. Are we great? If you reach out to us on Substack at tigergirl.substack.com or at tigergirl666 on threads, we would love to hear from you. My dogs have got something to say. Not sure if that's going to come through on this, but if you can hear them, my dogs are announcing that someone has arrived so yeah (laughs) it's usually my dogs (laughs) yeah i know today it's me unfortunately okay so at the end of last week we were having a conversation about gender binary and the eventual conclusion was well you know what it's all religion's fault (laughs) and i made a comment about Yeah, there's something we should talk about in terms of that. And I've been thinking about it over the last week. And I think a good place to start would be, I'm going to ask Lee a question. And this is completely unscripted. And I know she doesn't like it when I do this. So she has no idea what I'm about to ask her. So Lee, (laughs) why is it, if evolution is a thing... Why haven't we evolved to adapt to our weather? So I was watching something the other day and there was Bill Nye, the science guy, and he was going on about how if you were to layer over skin color with UV exposure, the two kind of seem to have a correlation. So obviously the closer you get to the equator, the darker people are. And the further away from the equator you get, the lighter people are. And I thought, yeah, that makes sense. And he was saying, you know, we all came from, what was the the, the skeleton's name that they gave her in South Africa? Mrs. Pliss? Uh, yes, yeah, something like that. Yeah, so apparently we all evolved from the single ancestor and we migrated out from Africa and... Coming from South Africa, I've been to the archaeological site where they actually found Mrs. Place, and it is fascinating, and I think there is some merit to it. Uh, And I can see where they get their thinking from because you don't have that ancient history of 
humanity or humanoid people on the planet elsewhere in the world that we know of. <laughs> and that's partly what I want to talk about. But I, it's interesting. I can see how the evolution of the species, I can understand the scientific baseline for that particular line of thinking. Of course, we have to deal with Darwin's missing link, which, and this is definitely a conversation for another day, but there's actually a missing link in physics as well, which undoes. So Einstein, in his theory of relativity, had to make an assumption about a certain key thing. And that's a, that's a conversation for another day. And that goes into flat earth theory, but we'll get to that another day. <laughs> I think that's a brilliant topic to talk about. Flat Earth, yeah. Um, or, or Hollow Earth, or Hollow Earth, or, or Flat Earth. and Hollow. <laughs> you can't have a Hollow Earth and a Flat Earth. Well, I suppose you could, but it would be very rectilinear. I've lost my train of thought now. So we were talking about, okay, so I, I don't have a scientific issue necessarily with Darwinism. But Darwinism implies that the survival of the fittest, right? So how is it that I'm sitting here today and it's pouring with rain and I'm thinking to myself, yeah, it's a bit chilly. I might put some slippers on. I might put a jumper on. And then I'm thinking to myself, why aren't we evolved appropriately to our environment? What do you think? Because if evolution was a thing, let me help you out here. I'll tell you where yeah, I'm going with this. I'm not too sure if I believe yeah. in evolution as a thing, so it's difficult to answer your question based on that. No, I'm just. I, I I, I'm saying just, from a. I'm saying from a theoretical point of view. What, yeah, what Darwin has said. Yeah. Yeah, he said that we evolved, right? Yeah. So the diaspora theory that we all started in Africa and we we evolved. Surely we would have become hairier the further north we went because of the climate, because it's so much colder. Yes. Yes. And we yeah, and our fur would be more water repellent, surely. Yeah. Because if you just take average Europe, it's very wet, rains a lot. So it's cold, it's relatively colder than Africa, and it's relatively wetter than Africa, well, some parts of Africa. So if evolution was a thing, why have we not evolved naturally? Why do we need clothes? For example, it goes back to the Adam and Eve thing, when they suddenly realized they were naked and they were like, oh, we've got to cover up. That's like, but then why didn't, if Adam and Eve were whatever it was, 20, 30,000 years ago, why have we not evolved to adapt to our environment? That's where I'm going with this, Lee. So what do you think about that? I don't know. Maybe there's a, there's a bit of cosmetics involved in that because, you know, we tend to shed our hair. Well, I know shave. we do that now, but what yeah. I'm saying is... So is it for cosmetics? So 10,000 years ago. So don't think of it in terms of our current environment and, and modern society. If we were these Neanderthal slash cave people living in caves and hunting and gathering and doing all of those things, surely we would have evolved for the environment that we're in. Yes, but we haven't. And that's quite clear. 
that we haven't evolved. Yeah, instead we've adapt. had to evolve our technology. Yeah. We haven't adapted ourselves. We've adapted our technology. We've created clothing. We Housing. sat in our caves and thought, "Oh, we're freezing cold. Let's go and kill a bear, so we can skin it and use its fur." Why didn't we have our own? Riddle me that. I've stumped Lee. You, you have. You <laughs> she have doesn't know what to do with it. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how to answer that from you know the sort of like because I I don't follow Darwin's theory of of evolution and things like that. I think it's something completely different to, to. It's been hidden. This knowledge has been hidden from us, and I think it's like completely different to what we are told, what the narrative is that we've been told. I think it's like completely different, and I think the the time timeline is also very vague and not congruent with perhaps reality. And I think a lot of it, the, this knowledge has been suppressed because of the religious element that has come in and said you can't have that knowledge to have that knowledge is bad it's a you know the whole adam and mm. eve story all over again so yeah so i mean that that's an interesting question why why haven't we and i guess my answer is it's like i don't really follow the darwin theory of evolution as it is kind of like put out there i think it is something completely different that has been hidden from us. This knowledge has been hidden from us. Because if you really think about it, it, it doesn't really add up a, a lot of the things. And I, I think there's been like a conscious effort by organized religion to suppress that kind of knowledge from us. Um, yeah. And I think... I think there's a lot out there that we don't know and understand because we, we haven't been allowed to know and understand that because I think it's easier to control and manipulate us if we've got this kind of like suppression and if you do this, it's a sin. If you do that, it's a sin, that kind of thing. So I think that's probably one of the reasons why it's because this knowledge has been suppressed about where we come from and how we came to be. Yeah, that. I guess that's that's an interesting take. I need to think about what you've just said, so I'm going to use an, an ad break as a way to do that. <laughs> so we'll be back right after this. Oh, I love this. We continue in moments. This is good. Yes, yes. You're locked to Trans Radio UK. Many website owners don't like their website hosting company or support provider, but are too scared to move to someone else in case they lose their site or it affects their business. Based in Telford at Purple Prince Media, we will move your website to us free of charge with the best support possible. And if you're looking to start up a business, we're also here to design and build your website from the ground up with unbeatable prices on web hosting and dedicated servers. We're also certified Magento developers, which is the world's biggest e-commerce platform. So rest assured, your online business is just a click away. Drop us an email on hello at purpleprints.co.uk or visit purpleprints.co.uk to get started. Purple Prince Media, the local website company. 
win £25,000 and help truck listens at the same time. Enter the Rainbow Lottery and click Truck Listens as your chosen organisation. And not only can you win £25,000, 50p of every ticket purchased will go to Truck Listens. Please see www.transradiouk.com and click Win £25,000 for more details. Ever thought about having your own radio show? Well, now you can, as we're looking for presenters to join our team. No experience is needed and minimal equipment required. For more information, email info at transradiouk.com. Transradio UK. Tune in via DAB and Ireland. Download our app via your smart speaker or online at transradiouk.com. Malcolm here. Don't go anywhere as we bring you some more trucking, great music and jazz here on Trans Radio UK. Welcome back, beautiful and amazing human beings. So, yeah, that's that's quite interesting because on the one hand, I agree. I mean, I think Darwinism, the missing link, which Darwin talks about, the only way, and it is the theory of evolution. It's not a proven fact. And there is this gap that he just called, he threw it away and said, oh, well, it's just the missing link. Somehow we went from one thing to the other and there's there's a missing link and we just haven't found it yet, which to me is really lazy. You know, if you're going to put a theory together, then you can't just assume something happened between, you can't go from A to C without going through B. And that missing B is, for me, has always been a bit of a problem. I think as well, where where I come at it is there is a I mean I also it's like I've always wondered why why do we need sunglasses you know just why, why aren't our eyes adapted to the sunlight and I know people will say oh global warming and it's got so much brighter and blah 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 but we we've had sunglasses for as long as I can remember in fact for that matter why do we need glasses you know why aren't our eyes adapted Other animals don't. Well, I suppose we don't know if they need glasses, do we? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a weird thing. And I remember reading something. I think it was when my first partner was having the first of my litter. (laughs) And (laughs) and the midwife was saying how human beings – are not don't seem to be naturally predisposed to give birth on this planet. And I remember thinking that's really weird for you to say that. And then someone else said to me he was an airline pilot. And I always think airline pilots see things that we don't know what they see and they're not allowed to talk about what they see. And yeah, maybe we should rename this you know, Transcending Together is Down the Rabbit Hole, but I think that's already been taken. But he said, oh, I just think we are aliens in a meat suit. Our body is our space suit. And I, I've always been fascinated by that comment as well. <laughs> what do you think, Lee? Yeah, I don't know if you've seen that show. I can't remember what channel it's it's on, but it's called Ancient Aliens and the Theory of... Oh, yes. The theory of, what do they call it? These, yeah, ancient aliens and, and space travel and, and all the rest of it. And, yeah, it's it's certainly interesting when you start to think about it. It's like one of the questions that I've always asked myself is, 
how did they build those pyramids again? You know, and again, I think that links into this knowledge teamwork apparently yeah (laughs) (laughs) but yeah again it links into this knowledge that might have been suppressed from us i suspect yeah one of the very first books and and to be fair to my dad it wasn't like a textual book i was very little and he gave me this book which was chariots of the gods from eric von daniken and i think right from then my curiosity was has always been piqued and Mm. Monty. It was specifically, yeah, I mean, one of the things he was talking about was like the, the Nazca lines in South America. And yeah, it's always it's always been fascinating for me. And then I came across a book by a South African called Michael Tellinger. And the book was Slave Species of God. And he made a point in his book of always writing God with a little g because his eventual conclusion is that God wasn't the Almighty. God and gods were something else entirely. And yeah, so he he wrote this book. Now, Michael Tellinger, and, and I recommend everybody read it, a really, really interesting book called Slave Species of God. And he was a geologist in South Africa, and he worked with various different gold mining operations in South Africa where they they were obviously seeking out seams of gold. And one of the things which he talks about, and and to be clear, this guy wasn't a crackpot. He was a geologist. He was a lecturer at the University of Atvatisrand. He wasn't an idiot or, you know, tinfoil hat wearing crazy person. And he tells stories about when they were going down in these gold mines, they would find mines that were already there. So they would be mining a seam of gold and they would fall into what was clearly a much more ancient gold mine. It was already there. There's another anomaly which they discovered, which was known as the Clarksdorp spheres. Google that if you're interested. And he was talking about so the Clarkstorp spheres were these fascinating artifacts and they called out-of-place artifacts or otherwise known as oo-parts. And they're these spheres that were found a kilometer underground where they shouldn't have been. And they've found things like... So they've found all sorts of interesting things like really deep down like axe heads and arrowheads and stuff that's just not supposed to be where they find it. They've found chariot wheels in mine shafts. And it, it just, it seems to me that there's just so much more to the story than we are ever allowed to know. And that kind of goes back to what you were saying, doesn't it? Yeah. That there is a hidden history. And Michael's book, is he ties it in with the Sumerian legends around... So if, and, and this is, I mean, definitely, okay, I'm just going to let it all out and then we'll see where we land on this. Okay, so the story goes, well, so the Sumerian tablets were these clay tablets that were found in Sumeria in the late 19, 1800s, so the 19th century, by a German archaeologist and they were carted off somewhere and they sat 
languishing in a box somewhere, I think, at the British Museum or, or I think it was actually was Germany. And eventually they were, they were kind of rediscovered and there was a gentleman, I can't think what his name is, I'll look him up during the, the next break, but there was this gentleman who set about to translating these tablets. And to be clear, these tablets predated the known... So when, when people talk about Noah's Ark and the Genesis story in the Bible... These tablets come from a period of time that's three or four thousand years earlier, and they're telling the same stories. They're telling the same stories about a giant deluge that flooded the earth, about a particular character on these tablets who built an ark, if you can believe it, and put the animals that he could find on the ark. And he was warned about this deluge by one by one of his gods. So they have two primary gods. They have Enki and Enlil. And Enki was kind of the father of... He was a sort of fatherly figure. He loved humans. And Enlil is probably more closely aligned with the what we understand as the God of the Old Testament, that fire and damnation. So it's kind of like a duality between a kind parent and a cruel parent. Have you heard any of these stories before? Yeah, I have. I think, in fact, you told me about Inky and Inlil. Can't, I don't know if I pronounced that correctly. So, yeah, I'm familiar with the stories. And it kind of like makes sense to me. Makes sense to me. And then if you have a look at the, the the story of Lucifer again, and we've spoken about Lucifer being the light bringer. Yeah. You know, and if you tie it up to the Sumerian gods, it makes sense as to what might have happened. Yeah, I think the interesting thing is just that these stories are older than the Bible. Mm. And now that you say that, I, I remember I think we have talked about this. But it does come back to this point around the missing link in Darwin's theory. And there is a whole school of thought that says at some point we were genetically modified. And it kind of ties in with what Michael Tellinger is writing about in his book, the other author, Latter-day. So, so the author who's often attributed with the Sumerian tablets is a gentleman called Zachariah Sitchin, but he didn't actually do the original translations. That was done by someone else. And as I said in the next break, I'll do a quick Google and see who that someone else was. And, and there is a certain amount of disagreement as to the broad sweeps of these translations. But generally speaking, academia agrees that these stories were older they, they, the stories are such as they are, whether they were aliens or gods or whatever they were, there was this influence on civilization 9,600 years BC or before the current era, so 11,000 years ago, and there was this massive input into society as a whole from somewhere which no one really knows where from. And that giant leap forward seems to have happened during that post-deluge period of time. So let's ponder on that. And while we're on the break, you go away and Google Zachariah Sitchin. 
Michael Tellinger <laughs> and Ancient Aliens. And we'll see you after this. Oh, I love this. We continue in moments. This is good. Yes, yes. You're locked to Trans Radio UK. Are you trans and non-binary and feel like drugs or alcohol are impacting your life negatively? Why not check out Trans Sober? We're a grassroots peer support group for the community, by the community. Find us at www.transsober.org and join us online or come to one of our weekly drop-ins. We also offer other useful resources. Looking for business cards? Flyers? In fact, anything in print? We can help. Digital format specialists, www.printsmart.uk.com. Think smart, print smart. Did you know you can advertise with us for less than a pound a day? Call 0207 856 0584 or email sales at transradiouk.com. Trans Radio UK, a global radio station the whole LGBTQ community can be proud of. Are you looking for an intimate and affordable graphic design service? Are you an indie author needing help to publish your book? Theodora Rosenberg is here to help. With packages for marketing, publishing and branding available, you're sure to be satisfied. Find out more at authortheorose.com Trans Radio UK is on right now. Across the UK and beyond. Now, now, more of the music you love. Trans Radio UK. Welcome back, beautiful and amazing human beings, if indeed we are human beings. <laughs> I hope you're all still with us. Um, uh, this is a fairly deep rabbit hole. So, as promised, so I did do some research during the break. So, the tablets were discovered by a gentleman called Olaf Gerhard Teichsen in 1798 and were originally translated by George Frederick Grutefend in his old study in his study of old Persian cuneiform. So, I mean, very ancient documents. And because they were on clay tablets, of course, they better preserved than papyrus or any of the things like, for example, that the Dead Sea Scrolls are on. And I suppose, I think the point here ultimately comes back to we in modern society seem to be, or the modern debate seems to be predicated around the definition of what is a woman and that trope is used to catch out various political leaders or commentators and, and well, do women have penises then? And can a woman have a penis? And, and stupid playground nonsense like that, where actually the bigger question is, what is a human? You know, let's answer that question first. Yeah, what is a human? Where did we come from? Why are we here? I think those are probably, yeah, along the same lines, really. Yeah. Caroline, when we had her on a few weeks ago, she was saying, why am I here? What am I doing here? How do I do this? <laughs> and I think many of us can, can relate to what she said, because I think if you're of a questioning mind, you're asking yourself, 
How did I get here? This is not my beautiful house. This is not my beautiful wife. <laughs> when the days go by. Okay, we, we're really going off the rails here. But yeah, what is a human? I think that's an important place to start because who are we as human beings? And I was really struck today when I was thinking about this in the lead up to this show because I was thinking about human beings as a species only exist because we were able to collaborate. We were able to work together. And that, to me, however we got here, whether it was grand design, God just dropped us here, whether it was Darwin, we evolved, whether it was aliens who came and tinkered with our DNA, at the end of the day, we came into existence. We were here. And the survival of the species has been largely predicated on our ability to collaborate and work together. And that's what gave us an edge over the other animals that were around us and gave us the opportunity to contain and control the environment such as it was. So, you know, caveman times, it was our cave and, and our various territory was probably defined by how far you can walk or run in a day and get back before the sunset because after the sun sets there are all kinds of other beasts that will come and eat us so we've always been a, a diurnal species we operate best in sunlight daylight so early human beings surely our territory was defined by where we can get to and come back to before the sun sets so given that and given that we are a diurnal species early human beings that has to be the thing that gave us the leg up wherever it came from whether it was from god or from from aliens or or from evolution whichever whichever theory you ascribe or subscribe to the thing which ultimately propelled us to the top of the food chain was our ability to collaborate would you agree with that yeah, I mean, completely. The ability to co collaborate has definitely given us some advantages from hunting in packs to, you know, a group of people taking down larger prey, sharing food and resources, caring for, for the young, you know, it takes a village to raise a child, that kind of sentiment. So all, all this coordination has increased our chances of survival you know, the survival of the fittest kind of thing. But also it's fostered a sense of community and, and, a, and, a, and a shared identity, as it were. And then I think as we've evolved, for want of a better word, so has our ways of collaborating because we then had language, which was, again, a, a game changer in terms of how our species has evolved. So... Yeah, I mean, like all of that was down to collaboration and now it seems that we don't want to collaborate anymore. Yeah, that's kind of where I was going with it because if our civilizations are built on our ability to collaborate and work together, even when you think in terms of hunters versus gatherers, the hunters are often perceived as the apex of a civilization and yet we are omnivorous animals we can't survive on meat alone doesn't matter which diet you follow you need a bit of meat a bit of plant and in fact current studies are showing that you need seven to eight different plants a day 
in your diet regardless of your blood type or all these various different diets that you go on and it doesn't I'm not saying you have to be vegetarian because or vegan because we also need the meat we do need that diversity of fauna and flora in order to be healthy human beings so the idea that if you were just a hunter a, a society based just around hunting would ultimately hunt out its territory and starve because all the animals would realize oh this isn't good we're getting out of dodge and they would move and humans being diurnal species could only be out during sunlight so they would starve but the human's ability to consume both plant and animal i think is also a cornerstone of our survival and i think you need both i think we need to i think we've lost our respect for our environment so we're destroying our plant crops and we're destroying our animal crops so i think that's also something to think about but definitely the cornerstone of how our initial villages worked and to use your term you know it takes a village to raise a child well you need the village to have the child don't you so you're in this situation where our earliest ancestors however they came to be there whatever your belief system the only reason they rose to the top of the food chain and managed to achieve ascendancy over the other species was our ability to work together so given that we don't currently work together given that we are constantly at each other's throats and arguing and bickering and fighting over every little piece that surely is unpicking the very fabric of that which is keeping us at the top of the food chain and at the top as an apex species on this planet and that for me is possibly the thing that is of most urgent concern because how can we stay here if we don't go back to the cornerstone of those things and if you go back to the early peoples so the american indians this is something else i'm going to have to look up when we go on to the next break they had people in their village who who the english translation is two spirit two spirit people who were possibly in native american indian culture were the original trans women because they were men who were women and they formed a critical part of indian culture or original people's culture because they were stronger than the women they weren't strong enough to go on the hunts they identified more closely with the women so the men could go off and do their hunting leave these trans people behind knowing that they were strong enough to protect the women and children while the men were off hunting bison and fighting off custer and european invaders <laughs> so it's really interesting so you need every single type of person that exists today are necessary for our continued survival we don't stand a chance one on one against most of the animals in the animal kingdom bears lions tigers baboons snakes you know we are not in ascendancy one on one facing the elements we would probably eat berries the wrong berries or the wrong mushrooms <laughs> to coin a terry pratchett term all mushrooms are edible it's just some of them are only edible 
once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's I'll leave you with that Discworld reference there and we'll be back right after this. Oh I love this. We continue in moments. This is good. Yes, yes. You're locked to Trans Radio UK. Do you need someone to talk to? Feel you have no one that will listen. You think you've had too much to slide to hang on. It doesn't have to be that way. Truck lessons because everyone needs to talk sometime. Call 0800-009-6640 between 8am and 2am. Truck listens because everybody needs to talk sometime. Did you know we receive no funding here at Trans Radio UK? To keep us on air and growing, we rely on donations. To donate, please head to www.transradiouk.com and click the link. A regular payment of £20 will see you become a partner of Truck. Other options are available. Email info at transradiouk.com for details. A big thank you from all the team here at Trans Radio UK. The world's largest radio station for the trans community. Trans Radio UK. Welcome back, beautiful and amazing human beings. I hope that even more so from the last break (laughs) and into this one as well, that you are definitely still with us because we definitely seem to be spitballing a lot. But we are going somewhere with it, though. And that will soon to be revealed. So the word which I was trying to remember and we went during the break and we had a quick look. Now, it's actually quite interesting because previously when I tried to look up this word, I found it very easy to find. I can't remember what it was exactly. So Lee had a look and she came up with the word winked hair. And I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, which was first people's American First Peoples word for intersex androgynous people, feminine males and masculine females. And so that was kind of the word that I was looking for. It's not the one that I remember, though. I did find this other article, which I'm just going to read verbatim because I think it's really interesting and found this on The Guardian. And believe it or not, this goes all the way back to 2010, which in a way is is quite kismetish because that's when I discovered what trans people were as well. So that's actually quite cool. Anyway, so it This is what they say. Native Americans often held intersex, androgynous people, feminine males and masculine females in high respect. Do I need to say that again? (laughs) The most 
common term to define such persons today is to refer to them as two-spirit people. But in the past, feminine males were sometimes referred to as, and I'm going to butcher this because my French isn't good, as Burdash by early French explorers in North America who adapted a Persian word Bardage, meaning an intimate male friend and i've put air quotes around friend <laughs> because these androgynous males were commonly married to a masculine man or had sex with men and the masculine females had feminine women as wives the term bidash had a clear homosexual connotation. Both the Spanish settlers in Latin America and the English colonists in North America condemned them as sodomites. There's the connection. Isn't that interesting? So you've got these ancient peoples who revere and respect and hold in high respect androgynous people, intersex and androgynous people. Along come the colonials and they just obliterate and says, oh, well, you sound like the people in the Old Testament that God, that Enlil, blasted to smithereens with an atomic bomb and called them sodomites. Now, the interesting thing, and I mean, just I digress, but it's an interesting point, is that sodomy is male-to-male -male intercourse. It's not female-to-female -female intercourse. Just to get technical with mm -hmm. these oldy-woldy... Spanish and English settlers in North America and Latin America. But isn't it fascinating that they arrive on this continent, they discover a first peoples, and their first act is to look at them and say, well, that's wrong because a god who existed almost exactly on the other side of the planet didn't think you guys were up to any good, so we're just going to condemn you now. And this is this to me is fundamental to why when Lee and I when when we got to the end of the conversation last week and I was talking about the problem is religion <laughs> and she said, Yeah, you really hit the nail on the head there. And I think this is the point, isn't it, Lee? Yeah, I mean, again, it's imposing your beliefs on people who don't necessarily have the same beliefs as you. And there's nothing wrong with having different beliefs. But just to impose your viewpoint on them without wanting to understand where they might be coming from or, you know, having open discussions about it, it's just like, no, that's wrong. End of. And we've lost a rich history of people like the and I like the word two spirit I really do because you know it conjures up the yin and yang of masculine and, and feminine yeah. spirits you know so I love that word two spirits and the fact that they were held in high regard in their societies and were given to the they were the healers the shamans leaders even because their roles required wisdom and empathy and insight and we've said no that's not right we can't have people like that and we've imposed our will on them and it's a shame and today there is a renewed interest in understanding and perhaps reclaiming some of these traditional roles that are within indigenous communities and it's about learning more about the rich tapestry of gender diversity you know, as, as a kind of like a roadmap for our own societies that we honour and respect 
diversity. Yeah, I think Graham Hancock put it best when he said we are a species with amnesia. And I really think we are. And I just think the arrogance to arrive, imagine walking into someone else's house and just proclaiming that everything they were doing was wrong. I mean, I know I've described every single parent-in-law <laughs> by doing that. But, but you know, it, that maybe that's a good correlation because it's, I think, one of the biggest frustrations when you move in with someone and you set up a home with another person and then you've got this in-law issue and it's the parents on one side or the other or on both sides coming in and judging the way in which you've chosen to make your own personal space your own. So yeah, we even do this. You don't have to preach to me about that. I had my in-laws live with me for 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's not even if they live with you. It's like, you know, this idea that you can just walk into someone else's home and judge it. And we can all relate to that. So now imagine that on a societal level, civilized clash of civilization, where you've got these idiots in their boats arrive on these foreign shores and proclaim, I mean, they were never doing it in the name of God. They were doing it because they heard there was gold there. It was never about any of those things. And I still remember from that movie, 1492, brilliant a line from the priest and he says if might is right then love has no place in the world and he was such an interesting character because yes he was a roman catholic priest but he could see what the conquistadors were doing and he could see fundamentally it was wrong of course it didn't change his faith it didn't change this idiotic belief that he had that it that the world needed to conform that these were savages who needed to be saved and brought to the word of Jesus Christ and there was just no respect for understanding what this culture was and how it functioned for clearly thousands of years and I think one of the saddest things for me is we will never know what they really found when they landed on the beaches Columbus and all of them and Cortez and and those butchers and murderers we'll never know what they actually found there they could have landed there and encountered highly sophisticated civilizations. For me, the jury's out as to whether they were really doing human sacrifices. I have no idea. I mean, Hitler said that Jews eat babies. That, that, was, that was one of Hitler's things. You know, oh, yeah, they, they take German babies and, and eat them. So it's we've got a past history, let's face it, in using those sorts of tactics to demonize and attack another civilization. And what I often challenge my European counterparts on is I say to them, when the Roman civilization, when the Roman Empire collapsed, Europe went into 700 years of dark ages. And I mean, they're only dark because all the history is actually in the Vatican Library. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the point is that it was barbarism. It was all the conventions that the Romans had brought. And, and there's that, I know Monty Python made light of it, but at the end of the day, the Romans did bring paved roads, sanitation, schools, brick buildings, all the things which we as Europeans say, oh, but look, we went and we improved the lives of the people in Africa. That's what the Romans are doing. But the British recognized, oh, hang on a minute, the way we're doing things is absolutely fine. 
we like painting ourselves blue and living in what what are the, what is it wattle and daub houses so we're happy with that we don't want your brick roads and your chariots and your trappings of modern civilization we, we're perfectly happy the way we are thank you very much so this idea of conquest and layering over another society with your society and the problem is it's never it because it hasn't evolved organically, because these civilizations have developed on different paths, they have completely different values. The way they organize their society is completely different. It's not wrong. It's just different. And it's so arrogant to assume, to presume that we have all the answers because we clearly don't. And I think it just goes back to this point that the only thing that keeps us head and shoulders above animals that are clearly stronger, fitter, more capable of killing us, the only reason we survive is through collaboration, teamwork. I sound like I'm giving a speech at work, but <laughs> but it's true. The collaboration and working together is the only thing that's ever taken us above our environment. And yeah. we and are... Mm, I mean, there's there's a there's a transformative power in collaboration. You and I both in our day jobs work in an agile development methodology, and you and I can both see the the changes in team members who who work more collaboratively. And working collaboratively has the the potential to bridge cultural, political, and even ideological divides. And it's, I'm just reminded of that that old African proverb that says, "If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together." You know, it's it's all about collaborating. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah, should put that up. We should all put that up on our walls. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Go together. That's a mantra. Yeah, we should all honor that mantra. I think, and it does. It just really comes down to. This, the Tories have now dropped the cloak, haven't they? And they're now saying, okay, they're going to go into the next election full-on culture war because they think that's given them the answer to how they're going to win the next election. And it's going to be a very scary next few months, you know, in the run-up to the next general election because the Tories, I think, are going to – they're going to burn it down on their way out, I think – they have absolutely no intention of leaving a functional society. I think they want to create, I think they're kind of, what do they call it? Scorched earth. I think that's what they're doing to Britain at the moment is scorched earth. And they want to leave Labour or whoever wins the next general election with such a huge mess that they can then use that as a stick to beat them with over the next term of that particular parliamentary thing. And it's just, for, for me, it's, pulling a thread <laughs> you know you pull a thread on a jumper and the whole thing comes apart and that's what we're doing we're pulling at these threads and i think we actually are in an existential crisis as a species because we're we are single-mindedly determined not to work together not to respect each other and the oldest civilizations that we've encountered, whether it's the Native Americans, whether it's the Native Indians in the subcontinent, whether it's the Aborigines, whether it's the Maoris, all of these first peoples. And to, to kind of bring it in full circle back to what I was saying about we seem to be 
completely ill-equipped to exist on this planet. And it goes beyond, you know, we need clothing and all the rest of it. But if you think about it, these civilizations, those first peoples that we encountered as Europeans, as Caucasians, when we encountered them, they were perfectly adapted to their environment. And they lived in balance and harmony with their environment. I'm not saying it was all, you know, What's the expression? All Gaia and happiness and harmony and peace on earth and all the rest of it, because they did fight with each other. They fought over territory. They fought over resources. So I think that's always been there, but every animal species does that. When a a male lion takes over a pride, he kills the young of the previous male lion. When a silverback gorilla, the way a silverback gorilla rises to the top of a guerrilla society is he kills the previous silverback he beats that silverback and kills them and then kills the offspring of the silverback so it's not uncommon for us to do this i think we do live on a planet which is a violent place and we do fight with each other and we do have these battles but ultimately as a species the thing which certainly has taken us to as i say the apex of power if you like on the planet is our ability to collaborate and if we lose that we lose everything so i want to go so much further back than just answering the question what is a woman and i'm actually looking forward to the opportunity when i do find myself and i aspire to find myself on gb news and good morning britain (laughs) and i want to be asked the question well what is a woman i'm going to say well what is a human being let's start there what is a human being? Let's agree what a human being is and we'll take it from there. And it does kind of, in a way, loop back to what we're talking about, the gender binary and this need to brand and label and say you're a man or you're an M or an F. And I understand the intention when we talked about last week and we were saying yeah it makes sense government society it needs to understand who's the part supplier and who's the the factory of the next human beings but at the end of the day it's what we do with that information it's what we do with those labels and as a society we're not doing very well is my honest take on it yeah that's kind of my last word on the subject (laughs) how about you just to wrap up i think in in the grand scheme of things our shared goals and objectives should be to create a society where everyone, regardless of their, in this case, gender identity, feels seen and heard and respected, you know. And I think what we need to remember is that our diversity is not a threat, but our greatest strength. As we have seen when we've touched on the various different cultures and civilizations throughout this discussion point, we need to we need to move away from that narrative of the gender wars and focus on creating a future that celebrates us for who we truly are. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And it's quite interesting because at the top of the show, I said I wasn't really sure where we were going to go with this conversation, but I think this has possibly been one of our more fundamental ones, really. And I hope you've all really enjoyed it. I certainly have. It's been a really interesting conversation. There's so many other things we could talk about. We'll have to come back to ancient aliens and parts. And what was the other one you mentioned? There was another one. Oh, never mind. We, we will remember and we will come back to them. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, I hope everyone's really enjoyed this. I've enjoyed it. I hope you're finding the content interesting. Please hit us up in the chat on Trans Radio and on the Substack, tigergirl.substack.com and on the threads, tigergirl666. And let's get a conversation going. I'd love to know what you guys think. So on that note, that's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from me. Thanks, everyone. See you soon. Bye. For the community, by the community, Trans Radio UK. All hit music. This is Rihanna. Hey, this is Pink. Trans Radio UK. Did you know we have an active and fun chat room? Come and join presenters and other listeners at transradiouk.com. Truck United FC, our award-winning football team. Catch all the latest action at www.truckunitedfc.com. Bringing you the best music, the latest news, and the best chat shows across the globe. Trans Radio UK. Trans Radio UK, here for the community. 24 hours a day.